I'm not even going to lie to you. We have tried to start this podcast four times. It makes me a little bit apprehensive. First time I didn't know that Kyle's mic was on. Second time, I, you know, either way, we're here now. And this episode was not supposed to be what it is. It was supposed to be an in-depth review on Parasite, which maybe at some point me and Jared will get to, except I feel like, especially now that it's one best picture, and you seem to really have liked it, Jared. I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, it one, one of the better movies that I've seen in the past like decade, I'll say. Wow. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. It, it genuinely would have probably just been Jared and I gushing over it. So I was like, ah, that's not going to be a lot of fun. So in like literally at six o'clock at night yesterday, I hit up Jared and was like, we should see Birds of Prey. <laughs> and he was like, why? And I was like, because there's been a lot of weirdness surrounding this film, a lot of controversy. Um, and I feel like, why not get into it? And and wouldn't you know it, uh, my 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 boy, f- my my partner Kyle, you he was in the theater, and and he um, I mean not randomly, I took him with us. But <laughs> it's like, oh, fancy seeing you here, person that I live with. She doesn't know what to call me, and it does not cause existential crises at all. Does it for you? No. Is it? No, I'm my little. Do- I'm My doing. Little... I'm doing a bit. Should uh, should I leave? <laughs> I don't think that's going to be a great idea. We need a, a oh, mo- moderator. A moderator, exactly. Well, either way, well Kyle was there, and what's great about Kyle's perspective in going to see this movie, totally impromptu, before I had to go on air, uh, was the fact that Kyle, you've never seen Suicide Squad or. Basically, I think that's the only movie that's in connection. Am I right, Jared? Like, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's the only one. Well, based on my understanding of the way DC is making its films now, I did not need to. And based on everyone that saw Suicide Squad, I did not want to. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair assessment. So, yeah. Um, so, getting into it, we're going to talk about Birds of Prey. The fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Did I get that right? I feel like I did. I think you nailed it, actually. Except it doesn't even matter because now Warner Bros. has changed the name just in case people weren't able to find it in theaters (laughs) because that must be the problem. And you know what? I think they're better for it. Yes. If I am having a hard time recollecting all of the words in your movie title, you're probably doing something wrong. Look, I get it. It was a cutesy thing to kind of add to it. I don't care for the word fantabulous. It already just kind of, I don't know. It's like uh, one time before Kyle, I was talking with this guy and he used the word. uh, What did he say? Like he said, sorry, instead of sorry over text. And immediately, yeah, and immediately I was like, well, I am turned the hell off. And that's exactly how I feel about fantabulous. I'm like, whoa, you know, Um, but now they're Calling it Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, because obviously, you well, know. And I think that makes a lot more sense as someone who does headlines and search stuff on the website. You want your the title of the content you produce, you want people to find it. Mm-hmm. And if people want to see that movie, they're going to search for Harley Quinn. They're probably not going to search for Birds of Prey. Right, absolutely, because Harley is obviously the most notable character in this cast. So who have we got here? We've got in this movie, um, we've got Harley Quinn. So Evan McGregor plays Black Mask, the the main bad dude 
Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress. Hey, yep. You got Journey uh, Smollett-Bell as Black Canary, and you got Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya. So yeah, I would say of the, the cast, I'm familiar. I was not familiar with Black Mask before I saw this rendition. I was familiar with Black Canary and Harley Quinn. I was not familiar with Huntress either. So from like a, a like you know, layman's terms. I was like, I'm familiar with two of these comic <laughs> characters, you know? Typically when we do reviews, we're going to just say and go around the room and say like, spoiler free, how we feel about the movie and then we'll do a deep dive and maybe even figure out why it's doing as poorly in theaters as it is because that's a part of the reason I'd rather talk about this movie as opposed to Parasite because yes, Parasite's getting all these accolades but here's Birds of Prey where so Birds of Prey was expecting to make around $45 million in its opening weekend, at least that's what the studio was expecting. Some industry experts were tracking it to make around $60 million and it made $33 million. But it is the one of the worst, it's been the worst since Jonah Hex in 2010. That is to say when it comes to DC's box office openings real Jonah it's Hex. not doing good yeah. and that thus why they did the uh the quick change with the name so let's just go kyle you go first you tell us how do you feel about the movie overall i think the operative word was fun like it was a fun movie the the action sequences worked for me it you know sometimes the the way that the superhero movies get, they can be too big, they can be too flashy, too CGI, whereas I felt this one was really grounded, you understood the stakes of it, and then it delivers on what it's trying to to promise you, basically. It's not over-promising. One out of ten, what would you give it? I would go like an eight. Okay. Like it wow. Come, I I enjoyed it. I, like I, but I I will come out and admit I'm probably not the most critical film person. I enjoyed Daredevil. So maybe I'm not the best person to bring on for this program. Now, hold on. I enjoy Daredevil yeah, as well. Now I'm outnumbered here. Okay. <laughs> That's the first superhero movie I ever saw. And I mentioned it so much on my regular day-to-day show on Laser that some listener picked up on it and called up and was like, was this a very, like, prominent movie in your life? Why do you mention Daredevil so often? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I just, apparently I really forgot. Freaking liked it. <laughs> you really like Evanescence. I did mm, like yeah. Evanescence. <laughs> well, you know what? Daredevil was a beautiful train wreck. And I think this movie was just pretty dang good. I think it was pretty dang good. I like everyone's reaction. Like, wow. Well, okay. So I was pleasantly surprised because I'm like, if we're talking like one out of ten, right? I gave Suicide Squad like a two. All right? Like that movie... Because, like, there's bad movies that are really fun to watch, right? Sure, I think yeah. Daredevil is a great example of that. Yeah. Of them, like, on the playground with Evanescence, like, playing in the background. That is cinema. All right? That is just God, I really want to watch Daredevil. I know. I know. <laughs> great. But, uh, like, Suicide, like, so Suicide Squad for me was just really boring to watch. Like, I felt like even the really big moment where they're trying to take down, uh, Forgetting your name, was it Empress, right? It just didn't deliver on like any of the hype and like the comedy was really forced, and that's Enchantress. Enchantress. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. That, that, that shows how uh, it only came out like four <laughs> years ago, and you're like, what was her name? <laughs> Empress. Well, and that's the thing. I feel like this was like I th- really think this movie kind of nailed what Suicide Squad was trying to go for initially, 
Because just like how Kyle said, this was just a fun movie. It wasn't like the world's greatest superhero movie or anything like that. But there's a lot of times where me and you were just laughing and like having a good time. Right. You know, so like action packed. I think the R rating really helped with especially a lot of the action scenes and especially um, a certain thing that happens at the very end of the movie when me and you were both like, oh, and it was just like it was very nice. You're trying to communicate with your eyes, and I have no clue. There was yes. a lot of times I was incredibly vocal during this That's uh, a fair empty point. theater, and yeah. Yeah, yeah so like, I think it was all right. Like, it was pretty fun. I think the visuals were cool, but like story, I think it was kind of, could be uh, worked on a little bit. Okay, so one out of ten, what would you give it? Eh, maybe like a six or a seven, you know? That's okay, to be fair, Jared standard. is always a little bit, <laughs> to him, a six or a seven is an average. Yeah. I think that should be known. We talked about this in a couple episodes ago. You are weird with your ratings. I am not <laughs> weird with my ratings. I'm not ratings. going to. No, no, I'll stand by it. Well, I would say for me personally that I came in and I said before I was, I, I'm totally neutral coming into this. Um, Suicide Squad had left a pretty bad taste in my mouth, honestly. 2016 Suicide Squad was just really hard to follow. And I felt like um, that they had the biggest problem with that film was that they invested way too much into these minor characters and uh, didn't really have any sort of focus on what was really clearly the draw which was Joker and Harley Quinn so I feel like they dialed that back they kind of understood they were like okay birds of prey they're like but it's Harley Quinn's story so I feel like with the title change that is smart as well because everybody's going like they understood the draw in this is the character we already know Mm -hmm. now Harley Quinn Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn you know and I really really just kind of I feel like I'm at this point just dittoing everything that Kyle and Jared just said but I really I did enjoy it it was a lot of fun but it's exactly what I'm expecting from DC now which is I'm not being thought provoked here this is not a movie that I will probably Mm -hmm. revisit this is not something I will if it's on like and I'm flipping channels maybe I'll stick around for a couple funny scenes but I would overall say it was a fun movie and it definitely does not deserve the the total like mm. i mean c- complete bomb in theaters that's happening yeah, right now yeah. it does not deserve there has been plenty of movies that deserve that especially that's- on dcs this is probably the second best dc movie if i had to guess right <laughs> like, like yeah behind wonder woman right oh actually no never mind this is the third best dc okay. movie behind <laughs> wonder woman and shazam specifically oh, okay. i think that yeah but this is good though i liked it so i would give this one uh eight Okay, so okay. that's it for the spoiler-free review. Um, so go and see it. Like seriously, though, I, wh- why not? I don't understand. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's not a waste of money. Like, it was actually a really good movie. It was worth the ten dollars at the exactly. theater. Exactly. I felt like I was entertained. It was worth ten bucks. So there you go. Okay, spoiler-free is over. Yeah. I would say that like there has definitely been moments where I felt like the thing that this movie really did right was the moments of mania that Harley Quinn experiences. You know, her character is kind of a complex one, and the fact that she was a psychologist beforehand kind of turned into this like you know clown princess of crime, and you're like, how does it? How does that happen? And I enjoyed. That it showed in the very beginning her falling into the vat and kind of staying true to the to the chemical uh, storyline mm-hmm. that she falls into the chemicals and everything, which kind of happened in Suicide Squad, which which I love about that, Kyle, because that wasn't lost on you. Well, no, and part of that is like I've come up in a very uh, like nerd comic environment where I understand who these characters are and what their basic 
backgrounds and motivations are, even if I don't know about the specific iterations of this character, I can say, okay, you're showing me Harley Quinn. She has separated herself from Joker. Let's go from there. Right. And just to give a basic premise, this is a story that is about the fantabulous God emancipation of Harley Quinn. She's been dumped by the Joker. We don't really know what the circumstances are, which I find interesting. They just kind of were like, Jared Leto doesn't want to be here anymore. So um, <laughs> so that ended. <laughs> He's Morbius now. Leave him alone. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's on her own. She's kind of finding her way. She's still relying on her reputation as being Joker's girl. She's trying to find herself. And in the midst, she's kind of linked to these other characters who, um, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's uh, character Huntress is trying to seek revenge for her family that has been gunned down years ago. She's got kind of an Uma Thurman like um, uh, Kill Bill vibe going on. Mm. She's solely set on revenge. And then um, Black Canary is kind of, you know, captive, a, a bird in a cage, basically, um, to Ian McGregor's Black Mask. And she is just kind of his henchman. He kind of seems like he has a thing for her. Yeah. And, and, um, and then Black Mask is after Harley Quinn because everybody just hates Harley Quinn, which I love that too. Like, <laughs> you've been the Joker's girl for so long, everybody hates you. And I loved when it would yeah. stop and tell you the reasons why. Oh, know? that was really funny where they would freeze frame and be, yeah. I, think it would, I think it would say grievance and then it would be what just what whyever they hate Harley. Right. That was a good was And a good then, time. um, not to be forgotten, Renee Montoya as the as the cop who is trying to solve this case. I mean, the main overarching thing is this the big baddie. Black Mask's whole thing in this is that he's after the uh, diamond that is leading to a fortune of some sort. And this little pickpocket girl, Cassandra Kane, um, yep, played by Ella J. Basco. She's a newcomer and you might recognize her also as fun fact. She is the niece of Dante Basco, who you know as Rufio from Hook. Cassandra Kane is, uh, you know, has swallowed this diamond. So everybody is after basically this diamond that this small child has in her stomach, um, which, by the way, commendable. She didn't even need any water. She just down the hatch. And I was like, man, I am a wuss when it comes to Tylenol. She just took down a pointy diamond. (laughs) (laughs) So what did we like about this movie? I think that the acting was really good. I think all the leads did a really stellar job of it. Like Owen McGregor, I could just tell he was having so much fun playing Black Mask. Who, I mean, in the comics, Black Mask is normally just a Batman villain who is just kind of like this gangster guy. And they actually portrayed him pretty well for the most part. So I was really happy with how they did that. And he was just having a blast. And then, of course, Margot Robbie did a stellar job acting like as she normally does. Yeah. So, it, yeah, no, I just think every, like all the characters were done. They're all done justice. You know, I don't feel like anybody was really done dirty by, you know, by the film. Oh, I would have to argue with that, but I I would have to say that I felt like Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress was tragically underused. Tragically. She stole every scene once they finally like incorporated her into the storyline. And I think why I'm having trouble relaying this plot is because obviously Harley is a unreliable narrator. And throughout the film, she is kind of like back and forth kind of introducing these different themes and the storyline and how everybody relates. And, you know, we're introducing Huntress an hour into the movie, an hour into the movie, which I was kind of like, ah, I get it. I get it. But I'm also like, damn it, dude. Like, 
Because <laughs> once once she got going, Huntress was an amazing character. She was hilarious. A lot of people have been sleeping on her just thinking she's Ramona from Scott Pilgrim. That girl has got some acting chops and she's yeah. got some comedic timing. And I was so pissed off that I was like, there were so many scenes where I was like, why, why couldn't I just also have Huntress in here, you know? I can offer you a theory. I've been pondering this throughout mm. the day. Um, I, th- I think they probably want a sequel out of this movie. And I, I think that the Huntress sets up as kind of a, a love interest for Harley Quinn because I think they establish pretty early on they show you some of these other lovers she's had. One of them is a woman. Her mm-hmm. whole iconography, she has pink and blue hair. There's a lot of pink and blue smoke, which is very, like, the the bisexual wow. colors. And then she, she talks a lot about, she names the hyena Bruce, so she clearly has a Batman thing. And I, I got a lot of Batman vibes from the Huntress. <laughs> I can see it. So yeah. I, I think they want them to be potentially an item especially because you see how well they work together at the end on the motorcycle so that's the theory that i've that has been circulating in my brain may i raise your theory i believe if they go for a sequel they're probably just going to go full-blown comic arc and just have uh introduce poison ivy and have harley quinn and poison ivy start yes i could really see that happening and like have because poison ivy does team up with the birds of prey in the comics okay uh in the past like probably five five ish years i think she's yeah. teamed up with them a lot more who would you cast as poison ivy in this film oh that's a tough one i don't know do you have someone in mind torment from game of thrones <laughs> the guy <laughs> no it'd be egrid it'd be who egrid the the uh, woman that played egrid yeah rose leslie Rose Leslie, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Maestro. I, I don't know off the top of my head who that uh, who she looks like. So let me. What about Rose. Sophie Turner? Yeah, I would also be very okay with that. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people who kind of fit into like that more like seductive role. I think that'd be really cool. Gosh, yeah, there is. Wow, I'm gonna be like late at night while I'm watching Daredevil, also thinking about who would be cast as Poison Ivy in this <laughs> in this sequel that's probably, unfortunately, now that the numbers are coming out for Birds of Prey, probably not going to happen yeah. because there were some, there were some missteps. And, you know, because I did, I say I came in there neutral, but I actually did come in a little bit negative, skewed, because I saw Suicide Squad and it was very cringy and it was very tone deaf and I was like not really sure mm-hmm that Birds of Prey wasn't going to be the same way. It wasn't, surprisingly, for the most part. There were just some story issues. My favorite parts of this movie were the moments where we really just got to see Harley Quinn being like a, just the the anarchist, the crazy anarchist, mm-hmm. you know, clown princess that she is. And she gets to run amok and she just cares about her egg sandwich and she really doesn't care about all these other people that are killing her. Those moments were so just mwah, like chef's kiss shining. And also being that she's a female and seeing that type of character, that that manic humor is usually reserved for, you know, characters like Deadpool. But seeing that translated mm. into to Harley Quinn, I freaking loved that. I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. Like, you know, and then it would just kind of get us back into this very convoluted story dealing with the diamond and dealing with all this other stuff and I was like I I just don't care I just don't care about this stuff as much like I I was like I don't know I just kind of wanted to have even more fun there were such good moments especially towards the very end that beautiful amazing payoff where Hearts Barracuda is playing and we get to see all of the birds of prey team up defend this little kid and they're just beating bad guys up in a fun house with different weapons. And I was like, this is all I wanted. Like, <laughs> you know, I think every single one of the fight scenes was amazing. 
Yeah. Any, anything from when Harley's first breaking into the police station to when it continues when she's fighting off the mercenaries in like the evidence bay. I thought everything about that was great because they made every single fight scene seem really unique. So like when Harley first goes into the police station, she's using like that beanbag gun by the looks of it. Yeah. I don't whatever it was, right? I was like, I guess we can't have her kill people because uh, you know She needs to be the anti hero, <laughs> not just a bad guy. There's a delicate line here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in like I, I I especially loved when they were in the evidence bay and then uh, they start shooting at the bags of coke that are lined up and she like snorts that in as it's falling down. Yeah. Like they just really took advantage of it. It loved just the settings that they had. Leah, our sweet summer child, had to have that explained to her. <laughs> I, I heard that. I wasn't going to say anything. Well, because she, they're, they're shooting this big like cube basically of a white powder labeled evidence and Harley's eyes get real big, and she she smells it in, and then just kind of sits up and like really gets after it. So it's 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 clearly cocaine. <laughs> I I thought that she was gonna go into another dream sequence, like because I loved those moments where uh, Black Mask gets a hold of her and he's interrogating her, and he's just gonna kill her just because he hates her for multitude of different reasons, and um. She, I love that she would kind of go and fall into these bits of just uh, these delusions and she is being told to get this diamond and she has this diamonds are a girl's best friend. Marilyn Monroe in the hot pink dress kind of throwback thing going on in her head. And I was like, man, these moments of fantasy, these moments where you're not really sure what's reality and what's in her head. Those are like, like, I can't stress this enough. Those manic moments were the best parts of mm -hmm. this film, like bar none. My favorite parts, you know, I mean, obviously you're watching this and it's like, this is so over the top and unrealistic, but you know, it's a superhero movie, so you're kind of mm. with that. So my point with that though, is that I think that DC struggles with this a lot, is they don't know how real to get, and, and they don't know how fantasy fun Disney time to get. Like, you know what I mean? Because Disney, mm. the line is clear for them. They're like, we're going to be as over the top. Thor is in space. We, you know what I mean? We got a talking raccoon. We are not going to sit here and try to pretend any of this is even remotely possible. But with with DC, they sometimes take a really grittier tone. Um, so the scenes with Black Mask where he is having this very gruesome scene. Obviously, this has an R rating. So he's like carving off the face of this um rival family of Gotham is is horrific and then the horrible scene in the club where the girl is like yeah. laughing a little bit too loud and he gets like paranoid which by the way I did like that about Black Mask a lot he seemed to have um he was like, unstable yeah he was unstable right exactly like he definitely had like his moments of uh self-doubt you know but he calls this girl up and he asks her to strip and it's very you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like Kyle was cringing all the way <laughs> into a ball. See, I, I think with, with a movie that's kind of centered around the more like female empowerment side of things, I think having like the main villain be basically this blade misogynist, especially near the later, like the later half of the film. I think it works fine, honestly. Like, like it made me feel like, ugh, like I don't, I don't like watching this. Right. So that's why, like, I think it felt even better watching him get curse-bloated later on. Is that the technical term? I, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be so real when it came to Black Canary, because, you know, sometimes I was like, wow, I just really want 
I want to see Black Canary sing some more and really use that vocal power. She does it at the very end, and I was like, thank God, because I almost was worried this director forgot that that's, like, her, her power. Yeah. That's her main power. I saw her, like, running around and punching people, and I was like, wait a minute, wait <laughs> a minute. You have an amazing power. But we saw that it apparently takes an incredible amount of energy and knocks her out yeah. of the fight for a bit. So I don't know. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind actually going back to how you were talking about the tone of how, like, Marvel sets up their films where it's always just kind of over the top and like everything's yeah. kind of balls to the wall for lack of a better term right but i think dc just generally has a lot darker source material true so i think it's harder for them to try to adapt that so like this like they they took a pretty original look at birds of prey honestly yeah so it well it's because so if you think about the batman like just like the whole like batman mythos right yeah the joker is a super dark and complex character right Harley Quinn gets verbally and physically abused by the Joker for years, right? And they just started talking about that in the past decade or so. And it's just something to to see something like that and translate Harley Quinn into this more positive figure instead of just being like a victim of the Joker. I thought it was just like a really refreshing take on it. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Let's get into the visual aspects of this film. There. So one thing also that stuck out to me is that you have the actual title of the film not the seo title the birds of prey there are a lot of birds in this movie there you have a lot of like pigeons the the asian man whose restaurant she's living above has a canary there are like just other seabirds like i think there are a lot of shots where you just it's kind of explicit that there are just birds out there in the peripherals of the scenes of the movie which, I didn't notice that until you brought mm. that up. Like, I genuinely, that makes so much more sense now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, of course it would. Like, yeah, and I would say that there's definitely been moments like that in this movie where I felt like I was like, wow, this is really, like, thought out. Like, the, you know, the setting, the blue and pink imagery, the things she was shooting out from her gun with the sparkles and stuff. Very pretty to look at, mm. honestly, and very on brand with the tone that they were giving. Um, and by the way, whoever the costume designer was, was showing up every day doing the <laughs> damn thing. My God, I was just like, I so appreciate something like that where it's like, if you're not going to be Marvel, if you're not going to be over the top and having them in these full body costumes, at least throw back to their, you know, original thing. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Huntress's was so badass in that like black jumpsuit oh, thing yeah. going on. Well, and I'm so happy that they went with that route instead of like the classic Huntress comic book outfit. Do you know what it is? No, I don't. She has a giant H. Just, just straight up. Google a picture of it, all right? And okay. you're going to be like, wow, thank God I didn't need to witness that. Yeah, right. Black Canary is pretty standard. That, you know, she's a chick in comics. She wears black latex most of the time. Are you aware that Suicide Squad won an Oscar for its costume and hair design? Okay, for Killer Croc, though, it, it mostly, It was actually right? for makeup. Uh, Costuming, yeah, so. makeup, is it, it's all a visual. It was very upsetting. It was 2016 was a dumpster fire. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was genuinely, when I saw that, I was like, I am very mad. <laughs> okay. Well, you got to be honest, though. If it was for makeup, the Killer Croc thing was good. Killer Croc looked great. I'll stand by that. 
I can't I'm even sorry, remember who else they were up against. But I think it was like something crazy. Like there was like Star Trek or something. And I was oh, like, oh, okay. So Lord. maybe not. Maybe they didn't. I was like, it. good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, but with the costumes, um, you know, Harley Quinn, she's obviously, you know, donning some super wild stuff, some super really colorful stuff. But the thing that really struck me is that uh, for, I would say, two thirds of the film, she's wearing a particular outfit where she's wearing like a Harley Quinn shirt. It says Harley Quinn all over it. But it kept getting dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. The thing was white at the beginning and it was gray towards the end of it. And I was like, I love that. I feel like that is just something that just like eludes costumers all the time that like a lot of these times this is happening over the course mm -hmm. of like a day or two so obviously it's going to start to look grimy and grungy and the lack of like caring of like oh well it's not going to make her look hot like I really appreciated mm. that you know I was like that is just such an attention to detail you know I think it's actually over but probably like a day and a half yeah it would is, yeah. is yeah. where I put the time frame of it because like you start at a night where basically the Joker has broken up with her and she goes out. And then you have the next morning when everyone is kind of figuring this out and then this whole plot thing happens. Then they get into the fight at the funhouse that night and then you have the very brief kind of almost epilogue the next morning. So it's a small period of time. I, I would probably say 36 hours at the most that we're capturing and giving the story of. Right. Why is it bombing? Because we all enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, Suicide Squad, in short. In like, I, I just don't think that the... All right, so the first couple trailers that they put out for this did the movie no favors, I think. Which is why I honestly wasn't really planning on seeing it until you asked me to see it last night. It's just because, like, I think the trailers just did not do a good job, and I was like, oh, this is going to be another DC movie that's just subpar. Right. You know? and, and, but again, it's actually it's one of the better ones. I'd, say, I'd classify this as a pretty decent movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think it doesn't quite have the name recognition. Like, we just saw a Joker movie do insanely well. Like, the R rating clearly isn't a problem. Like, we've seen Deadpool mm. do well. We've seen Logan do well. We've seen the Joker do well. But I think it, it's almost like a tiered thing. Like, Batman is Batman. He's the, the biggest deal. The Joker is probably, like, a secondary in that next tier in terms of, like, importance and name recognition. Harley Quinn is in that third tier so like you have to kind of have more of a, a knowledge of the the universe to have an idea really who she is and then to spin that into a birds of prey beyond that i think a lot of people are going to look at it and be like i don't know what the hell this is like i don't want to go mm. see that and also i think part of it is pe some people are just sexist and they're like oh that's a bunch of women in that movie no thank you i'm out well you know and i think also um people are more choosy about what they go see in the theaters now because why would I pay $10 when I can just wait until this becomes free on Amazon Prime or you know if it comes on Netflix or Hulu we there's so many different options now that I feel like uh, in order to get people to go see movies, and this is where the film industry is really struggling right now, is that the only thing that seems to draw a crowd anymore is these massive blockbusters mm. like Star Wars, like Marvel. They can't really get in those, you know, back in the 90s, you had these romantic comedies like, you know, what was the one? Must Love Dogs or something? Can you believe that that was a movie that people like paid? Not saying anything like, but that was... You can't draw crowds in anymore 
and keep the theater going and keep the you know the box office happy. Yeah, like, no, you it's can't. tough. Like so, um, I think with this, it was. Uh, I think it was just a bad bad marketing thing. I would have if I was. If I was Birds of Prey, if I was behind the marketing, I would have distanced myself as much as possible from... But then again, maybe not. But then again, I'm struggling with this right now because Suicide Squad did pretty damn well, though. So I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, Also, notably in this movie, Joker is not there. Thank there God. is like two brief glimpses. Um, It's really unknown as to whether or not Jared... Le- I'm leaning towards he's not going to be reprising that role as Joker especially now that Joaquin Phoenix has won for best actor for Joker. I don't I don't think, you know, Jared Leto is going to throw his hand in. I, I just don't. You know what I mean? So maybe that was something that also was like kind of making people upset. Maybe they wanted a Joker and Harley movie as opposed to because in the early talks of this, that's what this was supposed to be. And then it kind of morphed into a Birds of Prey thing. So, um, yeah, yeah. I just think that the name recognition of Birds of Prey really did not do... Again, same thing with the trailers, but like just the overall name of the movie, just calling it Birds of Prey. Again, I've read comic books ever since I've been a kid, so I know who the Birds of Prey are. Most people who just know the movies are not going to know or, quite frankly, really care that right. it's Birds of Prey. When like It's actually kind of a big thing. Yeah, but you know what's so funny? As we're even talking about this, I'm still scratching my head kind of because I'm like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy... Once upon a time, not a very well-known, I didn't know who the hell they were, and they were a minor group in Marvel, and yet they still managed to, how the hell does Marvel do it? I feel like that guy from, give me photos of Peter Parker, how does Marvel do it? Well, they know how to write characters, like they have decent writers, that's my opinion, like just Marvel movies. They're fun, and I know that Martin Scorsese called them like thrill rides or like amusement parks. I kind of get that though. Like they, like Marvel knows what they're going for. DC has been having an identity crisis ever since Man of Steel. Okay, hi, what's up? This is Leah from the future. I just felt the need to add this in before we wrapped it up because I'm still scratching my head over the quote unquote failure of Birds of Prey. Um, and I noted something that I saw on Twitter, which I know is not the most reliable source, but it is true for. Ford versus Ferrari, when it came out for its weekend box office, made $31 million. It had a budget of $97 million, and it was considered a victory. Birds of Prey made $33 million in its opening weekend and also had a budget of $97 million. And it's being considered a bomb. Now, in terms of DC, then yes, it is. But does that actually mean it's even a bomb? I don't know. It's just something that I felt like I couldn't end this podcast without adding that in because it's so interesting to me that these are two movies that had similar budgets, that made similar amounts of money in the opening weekend, and yet one is being considered a failure and one is being considered a success. I'm just had to throw that in there. I don't know. Regardless of why it's uh, it's bombing, it's not doing too well. Hopefully the name change will change a little bit. Maybe this will be like a turnaround. It's not, you know, media can be so rough. It's not bombing in the way that like it won't make back its money, I don't think. But that being said, I mean, projections, you know, it was supposed to be. Yeah, because the budget was like 90 million. 
Yes, the budget was ninety-seven million. Yeah, so I think that it'll, you know, right now um, it's got a three point eight out of five. I think everybody was on the same page as us. We really enjoyed it. It's seventy-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like you know, <laughs> so not bad. I I just. I feel like there's a lot of other movies in this world that deserve to bomb, and this is not one of them. This is not one of them. Yeah. I feel like if you're listening to this, give it a chance, dude. It's actually like you have to give DC money so they'll keep making good movies right? like this. If you don't, they're going to like, <laughs> <laughs> who knows what they'll do now? <laughs> Another Batman. Actually, no, that's happening. Oh, God. Yeah, Robert Pattinson. Actually, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of like the other blacklist DC movies, so it's like gonna be in the same vein as Joker. But mm. also, you know what should bomb? Bloodshot. Oh my they're butchering <laughs> one of my favorite comics. I'm so sad. When Vin Diesel I, the, and the only reason I'm bringing this up at the very uh. end is the fact that we saw the trailer for Bloodshot. I knew literally nothing about it, which is also wild because considering the fact I'm entrenched in this culture. And in fact I didn't know anything about this, and then all of a sudden I see Vin Diesel and I'm like, oh, I've never seen a Fast and Furious movie, so I'm not gonna really be that invested. But then, but then they're like, no, it's a super hero movie i'm so sad <laughs> i am so sad oh well then the next trailer was fast yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and then it was god damn he's it. getting his checks man he's yeah. like he's getting his money like he's like man y'all want another what was it triple x no that uh it just hurts me it hurts me because bloodshot is actually a pretty decent comic it's pretty good you should go well, read Bloodshot. Well, if it hurts you, it's a good thing you have nanomachines in your blood that are going to stitch you back together. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I've never watched a trailer and felt nothing. Felt yeah. nothing. Like, I usually get a little bit of goosebumps, even involuntary, just from the mm. music. I felt they were playing some, like, Johnny Cash song. I was like, it was like memories or something. I was like, this is not working whatsoever, you know? Yeah. So go see Birds of Prey. <laughs>